They're doubling. They, they, the, like, they already had an insane amount of courses, and they're doubling it. Man, Double, yeah, it's crazy. I should buy Mario Kart. Dude, oh, it's so good. But I want to sell my Switch. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't play it anymore. Damn, dude, you gotta get Mario Kart Eight. But you, you can't sell it before Breath, the new Breath of the Wild comes out. They're gonna put out a new Switch with the new Breath of the Wild. Yeah, you think? You think? I'm like seventy percent sure. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, this podcast so is not like, a source of people. Even theorize that, like, I mean, this isn't. I think this is pretty common gaming news, but uh, that Poke, the new Pokemon should have been on the new Switch, and that's why it runs pretty poorly. Um, maybe they had to push it yeah. off of this year, and they yeah. wanted to have it out. Oh, what an interesting mess! Yeah, I right. like the new Pokemon. Actually, start rolling. I want to. Oh, we are rolling. Oh, we are. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> you fucker! Uh, I like the new Pokemon. I like the new Pokemon. I think everyone needs to calm down. It's good. It's fun. Go fuck yourself. It's the boat. The, the game itself is great, and people are saying it's terrible because it was just a little glitchy. But the bones are like the best Pokemon game ever. So go fuck yourself, everyone. I mean, the Pokemon's great. Every time I'm I've, high, so I don't, yeah, play it, so I don't know. You did. You did say you can only play it when you're high. Yeah, yeah that's which is fine. That's any. I mean, Pokemon games honestly kind of they're not. I mean, they're for babies. They're for, they're for babies. Yeah, they're for yeah. children. And you can enjoy things for babies, but when, you, when I'm high, you gotta be high. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Now You're Playing with podcast. podcast the podcast. The podcast. And, and update, I'm not, I'm not smoking weed anymore. I'm done with the Pokemon game, so I'm, only I'm, I'm fully sober now. Uh, but welcome to the Now You're Playing with podcast. The podcast where we read every volume, every, every single volume. volume of the Nintendo Power Magazine, one volume at a time. We're on volume 41. We're uh, October 1992. Uh, That's crazy. Super Nintendo is hot off the shelves. That's crazy. It's People, been out for a year. It's been out for... Oh, damn. I guess that is... Because it was September 91, yeah, I think, right? And I was just listening to an episode. It, it had already... It's already gone through like a price slash. It's $99 for the control deck. Damn, that's good stuff. Take Mario, take a controller out, and you get one controller and one control deck. And uh, a big a big hot game's coming out. Uh, Super Mario Kart. And it's uh, on, it's the, on the cover. It's the cover. It's the, the feature game. Uh, I have to say right away, just... We've got like... We're 100% at the point where... Should, should Oh shit! Okay, uh, hey, I'm Brett. I'm Weston. What were you gonna say? <laughs> um, uh, Mario, uh, this is it. I feel like the Mario art aesthetic, like oftentimes in like a Mario game, is this is the feature. It'll either be like a claymation that they make, or it'll be just kind of this 2D art style. Oh, are you referring to on the the cover Boom. on the cover on the cover yeah yeah so yeah this is a this is not a clay diorama it's not a clay diorama unfortunately and it's, it's just the 2d stuff and i really do feel like this is what the modern it's still i'd say modern this is what like the mario art style looks like like if you play mario 3d land where it's 3d and there's like a little icon of mario in the left corner that like resembles his lives this is mario's head that it, they would use like there this is i feel like we're at the point where like a lot of these characters like art and like the aesthetic and just like how it's drawn is kind of finalized. Like this is kind of like, this is like the, the like really good, really like just aesthetically pleasing art style for Mario. Yeah. So since it's super Mario Kart, we have Bowser tossing a, 
banana, a nana peel, banana peel yes. uh, behind him yep. at Donkey Kong Jr., not Donkey Kong, his son. Only Jr. Donkey Kong, right? Yeah, he's the only one in this one. And then there's a, a generic Koopa Troopa who I think is a playable character. And yeah, and then you've got yes. Mario yes, with confirmed. the green flag. I guess he's like the referee or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because when you have the green flag, that's you're the pace car, right? I don't know enough about racing, honestly. I only know about Formula One, not NASCAR. I'm just kidding. I don't know about either of them. <laughs> Fun in the in fast Japan, lane. You know how like, there's a thing in like, I think it's just, some cities, it's probably like every city, but you, people would like dress up as Mario Kart characters and like go on like little carts and like drive around the city. No, but that's amazing. And people were dying. And so they don't, <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Were they like throwing things at like, each other? Uh, no, but they were just like, in like really busy streets on little tiny carts, like doing competitive racing, dressed as Mario characters, like in real streets. That's amazing. I, it was like just a business. People were like, you just like. How many people Mario. died? I don't know if it was a lot, but I, I know some people were dying. So, some deaths. A few, well, a few deaths. Well, Mario Kart is a relatively safe way to experience the joys of kart racing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as, as an elder millennial, I was definitely there for this game coming out and us playing two player battle mode. Was it uh, for the time? Because uh, before we were, I guess you were slow rolling, so maybe it's in this podcast, but we, you were saying this game doesn't hold up a ton, like super well. Was as a kid, did this game feel crazy to play? Was it like, was it like a top Western pick? I would get, I didn't really enjoy racing games until I got my hands on like Burnout 3. Yeah. Uh, and then it all clicked for me and I was just like, racing games. Oh my God. But, and, and I played like, did I beat that game? I, I got maybe 90% of the way through Burnout 3. And uh, then downloaded that EA Tracks soundtrack because it's so catchy. But yeah, Mario, uh, Mario yeah. Kart was definitely like a multiplayer. Like you throw it on. It's, it's exactly what Mario Kart is now, honestly, where it's like, oh, the family's together. Got the switch. Yeah. Everyone gets a controller. But what Mario Kart does more than I think any other kart game by, I would say, a mile is the course set design. Yeah. Like the courses are like you can maybe not as much in this one, but like especially even at 1064 and up, like they they're really creative and they really feel like uh, it feels like you're going through an experience or an adventure. Like every track's like an experience. It's versus, very very theme parky. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like you know you play like Crash Team Racing or like some of the competitors or like even the Need for Speed. And you're just like it's like really tight controls. You're getting like it's really like fun adrenaline racing. But when I'm playing Mario, I'm going through like a pirate adventure. I'm going through like a space event. Like they're, they're really putting you through these, like really I'm going through like this crazy castle and I, that, that extra step up makes it my, my Kurt game of choice. I did get a kick out of, I think the wipeout series is not as fun to play as it is to look at and listen to. Yeah. But that's definitely got the same, like I want to go to a future city. Yeah. And listen to techno. And uh, then burnout's the one where you do crashes, right? Yeah. yeah, Burnout's just fucking awesome. Burnout 3 was the first one. Is Burnout 3 Takedown is the yeah. subtitle. And that was the one where they introduced the idea of uh, uh, taking out the other cars. Is that right? Burnout 4 was Burnout Revenge. So if a car took you out, they were marked and you could take them out. Oh, and you get a like huge bonus point. Yeah, it's like a revenge shot. What was cool about 3 versus 4, I guess we'll just we'll have the racing conversation now. Uh, <laughs> What was cool about Burnout 3 was normal traffic. Um, you could still hit it and the cars would crumple and crash. Yeah. But like you would wreck every time. You're not supposed yeah. to, you're supposed to weave in and out of traffic. Whereas by the time four rolls around, 
traffic is just like cardboard boxes, then you're just like crushing them out of the way like crazy. Yeah. And I think that took took some, a little of the fun. Yeah. Three had or the stakes. Yeah. Yeah. There's some real excitement to it. I think with Paradise, they split the difference where yeah. you could hit you could hit a car and it had a lot more heft to it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the, the big thing about Burnout Revenge is they had that Animal Alpha song on there. Bundy, that's a good, that's a good track. It, it rips, I believe is the technical term. Yeah, dude. And Mario Kart's got some fun little, fun little bops probably. Oh yeah. It's real cute. Da, da, da. Okay. Doesn't, doesn't have Boyfriend by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Honestly, I want to play a Mario Kart where they have like the Tony Hawk or like Burnout kind of yes. soundtrack to it. And Mario just has like. I don't know. Sunglasses on. Yep. That's it. It's a bunch of um, early 90s hip hop. (laughs) It's House of Pain. Hell yeah. Uh, I just wanted to note they have a new little little advert advert that they've they've added more stuff to the magazine. Yep, yep, and yep. uh I gotta say at this point it really feels dialed in. They've come a long way. It is. It's it's good. Advert it's again, this is children's advertising is a little bit of a spooky world, but they are doing a good fucking job, man. It's selling to those kids. Giving baby. those kids those tradable power cards. You know, I learned from a uh a marketing strategy course the other day, this type of marketing is called uh is it pester pester marketing? <laughs> Cause you go to the kid and you're like, Hey, you want some GI Joes? And they're like, mom, dad, mommy, daddy, I want GI Joes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're like incept into these kids. This, <laughs> you, you, you want, you want this more than anything else. You want this. You, here's these cards with, with pictures of your favorite video games. You're going to want, you're going to want these video games. Oh, absolutely. Pester, pester power. <laughs> Hester Power is the name. Uh, yeah, because, you know, like the the opposite of this. Well, we don't we don't need to talk about it. Let's describe a little bit, too, what the new marketing thing is. If totally. Like put so that up. Now you're joining, when you get Nintendo Power, you're joining the Super Power Club. We need to stop doing this. We're doing it in reverse where we don't say what it is. Yeah, no, I just, I just realized we didn't set it up. So let's, let's set it up now. Sorry, sorry listeners. Up. Hey, so if you subscribe, <laughs> they're going to give you a top secret passwords player guide, which has very nice cover design. Uh, you get some kind of service out of cleaning your game console if it gets full of roaches or ants yep uh at a service thing you get whatever a superpower issue is that sounds awesome you get and i remember the i did not remember these until i saw them and i was like oh yeah i had a stack of them but you get power trading cards in every <laughs> issue and you also get coupons off of games and all that's in addition to those 12 hot issues of nintendo p yeah i mean how could you not yeah how much does this cost still only 15 dollars, man yeah, that's a hell of a deal in this economy, you can throw a lot more at the wall. I kind of miss this. I want, I want to like get, what are those things called where you get like the mystery boxes and like every month they just ship you just like bullshit that you open up and it's like a bunch of video game like stuff. Yeah. It's like a, a monthly membership. Yeah. Tchotchke I, service. I need, I need some sort of monthly num- membership where I just get something shipped to me and it's like a fun thing to look forward yeah, to. Yeah, but you can't do that now because they're going to send you Funko Pops. I know. Yeah. It's going to be just a bunch of shit I don't want. <laughs> But like, honestly, if I could just like open it, then just throw it right in the trash afterwards. <laughs> if there was a box I could check that was like, do not send me Funko Pops, but do send me soldering irons. There's also an ad here of a Super Scope 6, which is now just 60 bucks, which feels like they dropped the price there too. Yeah, they're slashing prices everywhere. Uh, man, Super, Super Scope 6, so cool. 
mailbox. All right. All right. It's the mailbox. Um, so there is a prompt for this one that, that all the kids wrote in for, which is like all the stuff that you did to save up for or otherwise acquire your SNES. Yeah. And um, honestly, most of these I thought were pretty wholesome. It's like a lot of like, yeah. I mowed lawns. I mowed lawns. Yeah, it's kind of dry. Uh, but there is there is one. We get some, somebody threw in some some of the prices they charged for the kids services they provided around their neighborhood. And uh, yeah, there's a little glimpse at like 30 years ago. Yeah. I was curious about this. I was like, Weston, do you like, did you work a little, little, little kid job as a kid? Did you do like a paper route or anything like that and like save up for a gaming system? We never had a really good chore structure at home where I felt <laughs> like the money was worth the work that I had to do. <laughs> so anytime I had to mow the lawn, it was because I was being forced to. Mm-hmm. And I hate lawns and I hate mowing them. Yeah. My dad loves lawns and loves mowing them. So it worked out fine. Yeah. Um, when I, when I buy a home, if I buy a home, if I'm able to buy a home, uh, that lawn's going to be uh, rocks or it's going to be AstroTurf. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm with you on that. And I'll keep it clean, but I ain't mowing it. Yeah, I'm with you. In fact, I want my whole yard to be just fake trees, fake bushes. Like, I want no upkeep. I like I like a good plant. I just hate grass. And also, it's what like about, gra- grass. What about do, doing weeds? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like things to look nice, you know, like I'll, I'll do a little bit of work. You'll do a little bit of weeds. I'll, I'll spray some poison on that weed. Just get it good and dead. Okay. There you go. I'll power spray my driveway, uh, for my hover car. Hey, this is going to happen in 50 years. The, honestly. Cause that's the only way. I mean, I'm hoping like sometime in our lifetime, like cure death and we'll, we'll be immortals. We yeah. Look on that? Uh, and then we'll all realize it's, it's actually, you don't want to be immortal, but it'll be together. So it'll be like, <laughs> it'll be fun. Well, also, like, the we whole- all blow ourselves up, <laughs> shoot ourselves into the sun. It's a big party. Well, the, isn't we're like going gonna- to do like Coachella <laughs> 2180 <laughs> when we're all like 300 years old. And it's going to be a big party. We're on a spaceship that flying into awesome. the sun. I want to be there. <laughs> sorry, what are you going to say? Oh, well, uh, sorry. I'm not to fully derail this because we probably need to talk about like the content of that. But uh, isn't the whole shitty thing about being immortals you don't like relate to people anymore? Right. So if like, if everyone was immortal, then wouldn't it be, it'd probably be okay. Cause you know, Hmm. like that big, like cautionary thing is out. We need a Christian theologist to come talk about the afterlife. Yeah. Cause I feel like this is going to be an issue in heaven where, you know, all the people from the year 1200 BC are going to be, or eight, you know, BC are going to have a, a lot of trouble with people from 30 AD are going to have a lot of trouble with us born in the 80s and 90s. There's going to be a big war in heaven. I'm in for a heaven war. But I won't be there. Yeah, I'll be I'll be playing rock and roll in hell. <laughs> I'll be on a spaceship going to Coachella. <laughs> All right, so the thing we were, we were calling out here is uh, Michael Bellhorn of Fort Lauderdale Fla. Uh, he wrote in to say... I paint people's rooms for $25. So we're getting an actual price. 1992 yeah. room painting pricing. Not bad. Mow lawns for four bucks. Okay. Wash and wax cars for five bucks. And then he recycles. Uh, no prices there though. That, what'd you think about these prices? Um, I mean, not really worth, I mean, as a kid, you don't really know. You don't really know. These aren't great rates, right? I mean, maybe back then with some inflation, it's not bad. Yeah. Inflation then was like double to what it is now. So it's like, Four bucks would be eight bucks. He's getting about ten bucks to mow a lawn. That feels a little low. 
Yeah, it feels a little low. I'm with you. It feels like he should be good. That's what I, in painting somebody's room, if you hire somebody to paint a room, even if it's a kid, dude, that's going to be like $200 at yeah. least. Yeah. Maybe $500. Yeah, this kid's getting ripped off. Yeah, this kid totally, I'm, maybe it's Florida pricing. And Nintendo should like, have, should have responded being like, hey kid, ask for a little bit more money. Kid, get in touch with your state's kid. labor board. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad rates. I feel bad for him. Uh, <laughs> I hope, I hope. I hope he eventually learns how to get better rates for his work. Hmm. Uh, I, 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 the other thing is I want Andy to read Nick Fulton's thing. We can't do that. Okay. He's not here, but, um, we, we could ask him to yeah. read that and tell me you don't, you don't want Andy to read that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fine. All right. We'll have Andy, we'll have Andy read, uh, the final letter in the section <laughs> and here it is. I think this would be a good way to make money. Go around and knock on people's doors and ask for spare change. You could say, do you have any extra money that I could borrow to use to buy a Nintendo game? Please, please, please. Hey, and then on the other page, there's a, uh, we get to see who won the American Gladiator contest <laughs> to go hang out with the American Gladiators at the American Gladiator studio. And uh, this is exactly the kind of kid I wanted to win. He's, yeah. he's real nerdy looking. Yeah, yeah. He's hanging out with all these like, wrinkly little bodybuild he's, he's actually really tall because uh, the, these uh he's hanging out with viper and laser um <laughs> to two of the the men gladiators and uh, he's taller than both of them it looks he's a, like yeah he's a tall boy he's a tall boy um and he's, he's got some thickness like he's not he looks like he's he's got some thickness. he looks like he plays football <laughs> oh dude you might be right did it say anything in the write-up i don't know I, I know that he went to the hard rock cafe you got to he's hanging out with uh zap there's one of the lady gladiators. Like, ooh. Uh, she's got, she's got big nineties hair and is real tiny next to him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, uh, it's, it's great. Like he's so he's, he's got glasses. He, he's like, and he's hanging out with all these people wearing spandex onesies. <laughs> and it's glorious. Yeah. It's fun stuff. I'm in, I'm in. It's oh, good man. pictures. He shot him with a tennis ball cannon to send him off. <laughs> How much American, we've talked about American gladiators before. Have you watched any yeah, of it? I that was like a show that was obviously like it wasn't on, but whenever I like I got glimpses of it, I was like very interested. It was like, what the hell yeah. is that? It was so wild. We get this firefighter to try to take out this giant bodybuilder. I, I honestly like the uh, like vi American Gladiators. Like it was very interesting. It was like it, it had like a very fun like energy to it. The, the obstacle courses were neat. Yeah, versus like I feel like nowadays a lot of the like more obstacle courses are a little watered down in comparison. There's not as much like. uh it's a little more vanilla nowadays. It's like more, it's all, it's like all like themed, like exercise. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a, I'm just like globbing on it. The fact that it came out and it's old makes it feel like it has a theme to me. You know, like maybe I'm just mistaking it, it being like, what is this? The it, it sits somewhere between like the Nickelodeon's guts from the nineties was yeah. a show that was similar in a lot of ways. Cause it was kids, but they didn't, they weren't fighting super ripped kids yeah that'd be, they, that'd be awesome them versus these obstacle courses like, that were pretty neat genetically like, modified kids yeah and then I, I guess probably the modern closest thing to this is one of the courses that they would run was some kind of mixed obstacle course like uh american ninja warrior yeah so you had that but also the course was difficult but not as crazy as american ninja warrior where yeah. it's like no these people are training specifically to do this yeah yeah Hey, hey, it's Adventure Island 3 for the NES. Uh, I, it's, it's, 
it looks good. It's They're the best fun. looking of them. I love these games. They're really fun. There's not, not a whole lot going on. It's just a fun little game where you ride some dinosaurs. Ride some dinosaurs. I like that all the dinosaurs have different fun names like Don Don, Magma, Classy, Taylor, Taylor, Pokey. <laughs> Taylor and I had a uh, biology together when we were sophomores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's, it's fun. It seems fun. She's not a great project partner. She's, yeah. She's uh, I feel like Taylor's are the ones who do all the work usually. Yeah, I know. That's the weird right? thing. Yeah. I thought, I thought I was set and then she was like, and then she ended up being a, a Becky. Another sequel, power blade two on the NES. This one, you mentioned this, like the Power Blade one is like kind of Mega Man style, right? Yeah, the first Power Blade is well regarded as this sort of, I think it was a Western developed game and it was just unexpectedly turned out really good when most of the games of this type that just really rocked were coming out of Japan. Yeah. And this is the sequel to it. From what I remember, this one is not as well reviewed, although George and Rob like it later. They, They say it's pretty good. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know if we trust George and Rob nowadays. They're, all the, kind, of, they're kind of compromised. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely compromised. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, and, you know, all these platforming games have a gimmick. Like uh, you have a, a fist or a, a kick that kills things and blows open walls. Oh, yeah. This guy, he's got a big metal boomerang. Yep. And that's, you know, the, the other gimmick, of course, is that you are Batman or you have an arm cannon. Yeah. <laughs> Or you ride dinosaurs. You're or like Master Higgins. Like a pogo stick mechanic. Now, th- th- this is a Taito game, and it really does look like that Batman, that first Batman game, uh, the style of it, using yeah. a lot of black and uh, kind of just shading the edges of stuff to give it detail. Which I think it looks good. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great looking NES aesthetic. Yeah. Power Blade 2. Power Blade 2. Come on. Come on. Spider Man. Speederman. Return of the Return of the Sinister Stick. <laughs> Stop doing that joke. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I, 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 whatever. Uh, I, I like bl- adjective number things. Like, like I like the sinister six. The sinister sticks. The big twelve. Big twelve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you son of a bitch, Weston. Uh, the hot thirties. <laughs> You're ruining my love for it. <laughs> no, those are all good things. That I just, big twelve is a good conference, baby. <laughs> Sinister Six, they're they're good. They're good. They're okay, bad guys. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man's rogues gallery. It's like him and Batman have the best ones. Everyone else is like way lower tier. That's a good point. I always think of like Spider-Man is like, he's kind of a funky superhero. He's like a spider guy. You know, that's doesn't seem like the most obvious choice that would have blown up, but he does have the best villains, like objective. Like his villains are awesome. Yeah. That like builds towards popularity. Man, they're all, they're so good. Uh, Spider-Man's, it makes sense. Spider-Man is like, one of the most popular, if not the most popular superhero in the yeah. world. Yeah, I get it. Still. Yeah. And to the point where, yeah, him and Batman, they've really, Superman to some extent also, they've really figured out, it's like, let's just make more, more Batman that are, some of them are women, some of them are kids. Yeah. Let's make more Spider-Man. We'll do a Miles Morales. We'll have a, of girls, we'll have Spider-Gwen. Hell, hell yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, it's got to make more of them. Dude, like the rogues gallery, though, I, I don't hate the Bat family. Like, Batgirl's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Damian Wayne, but Spider-Man, all Spider-Men are good. Yeah. Like, Spider-Gwen is the best. Like, Miles Morales is awesome. Yeah, like, not enough in the super... I uh, I really like the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. Uh, but that's really my only taste of the 
multiple Spider-Men. That's pretty dead on. Like yeah, that's the that's uh, and and they're all pretty fantastic. Spider-Ham. Yeah. Spider-Ham's Spider- <laughs> Spider- great. He's got a little hammer. <laughs> Anyways, this game is bad. I think all the I, Spider-Man games are bad <laughs> until the PlayStation 2. Yeah, unfortunately. People do say that the the game that they did for the first Spider-Man movie, which was a PS1 game, yeah, is good. I think that I, I remember that one like not as a kid. I give it a thumbs down because Spider-Man 2 is when you got the open city swinging stuff. That's kind of what you want. That's what I want. Classified info. Yeah. Uh, this just, my only thing is like, again, there's like Kirby's dreamland gets a little tiny segment on this. And I just want to give another shout out of just how under the radar Kirby is. It's just nobody knew nobody like Kirby the, is, it, it really is being like shown to us as if it's this next forgettable game. We'll never see again. The hero of smash, like the legendary, <laughs> the it, only one who could survive the one. hand onslaught in it, smash ultimate. I, I can, I love that opening movie so much. <laughs> that is fun. Uh, yeah. He just barely makes it. <laughs> he's got, he's all alone. Puyo. Oh man. Uh, I actually used a bunch of codes from this one. This oh year, really? The Empire Strikes Back code I used because that game is hard and not great. So this was like a give all force powers and level select code. Hell yeah. Uh, the Tiny Tunes stuff I used. I think that's it here. Although there is some Contra 3 stuff too. Oh man. Good codes. Yeah, the, the Contra 3 stuff, they talk about firing both your guns simultaneously, which is very important. Was this your main source for codes as a kid? Was the We had, well, we had Game Genie. And you had Game Genie. Yeah. Was so, Game Genie like a book or was it like this cheating like cartridge you'd put in? Uh, it's a cheating cartridge. Yeah. So like the way that I learned how to beat games was I was borrowing DuckTales, I think from Andy, actually, and maybe from Michael, one of those guys. And I used the game genie code just to be invincible. Yeah. And then just got so good at the game. I didn't need the code anymore. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, I can finish games. Oh, cool. Got, got you some confidence. Yeah. Something about it. I just, I got good by being invincible. I had some like game genie stuff that would have let me like go into the debug rooms and stuff like that in games, which was real fun. Yeah. It's like different. So game genie for the NES, did you ever use it? I just had it for, I had Game Shark, I think, on the Sin 64. The shark, I got yeah. the shark one, whatever that was. Yeah, back in the, the, this one, it was like so lo-fi. It looked like an Atari game. Like what it, big blocky what it letters. Like, the one I used, you'd literally like put the cartridge into the, the Nintendo 64, then you put the real cartridge on top of it. Was exactly. that how this worked as well? Yeah, so there was this, the, and the cartridge was short, the Game Genie cartridge. So it had this long plastic lip. So you could still get it out of the Nintendo console once you put it in. <laughs> yeah, would you have to like really stuff it in there? Yeah, so you'd stuff it in. The cartridge would be hanging out the front of the the NES, and then you would like fire it up, and it looked like a, an Atari game. It looked like uh, you know when you load up a cracked piece of software. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like flashing ugly lights and like <laughs> uh, some some corn like corn music or something That's playing chip tune music. Yeah. It's kind of it was kind of like that, and then you put everything in big blocky lines of letters and numbers, mm-hmm. and then hit the game to start, and you'd have borked it all up. That's awesome. That that shit was great. Zelda comic. All right. Hey, I I remember this specific issue for its visuals. Going through it though, nothing happens in this issue. I know. Yeah, it's, it's all plot. Nothing fucking new here. You know, it's it's great. Amazing art and just the copy or just the story and the dialogue is garbage city. Yeah, so Link is 
in a snowy wilderness on a little, uh, like a wind powered sn- uh, snow sled thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, he is looking for a map that he needs to get to Turtle Rock, I believe. Yeah. And he's like in this weird ice world. And- he's going to the Tower of Ice, which is like the, is that the sixth dungeon dungeon in Link to the Past? Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. All I know is this big ice, like little, little cave he goes into that's like submerged over a big pit, which is kind of cool. But so he goes in there. Yeah, it's this big kind of. What shape is that? It's like pill shaped, but it's yeah. got all these spikes that have spikes yeah. coming off it. It's a really cool Again, design. The art's great. Uh, I thought the Navi fairy abandoned him, but apparently she's still here. He's got the fairy again. Yeah, F- Ephemerelda. Uh, and yeah. the, the, the dungeon has like an eyeball and it's like the whole dungeon's like a living creature, which I actually have a real soft spot for any game that ever makes like the dungeon you're in a living creature. Yeah. I always love that. Yeah, that's very cool. The, the, the creature is like, having monsters and skeletons come out of the ice to fight Link and they come back to life after Link uh, slashes them yeah. and he zaps them with, with sword energy. And he freaks out. And then they also mentioned, so this is the only thing that's like, okay, at least they're like, not like, again, it's the writing I, I would say is not great. Yeah. And uh, at least like, it's just very plotty. Yeah, it's really plotty. But they do like at least have like again to so the ice. He like goes f- crazy with the zap in the in the like the du- the living dungeons. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you've got quite the temper. Like at least they're like like his inner beast or whatever. They've oh, got that's least, a good note. Yeah. They've got a little bit. They they at least have like at least we're tracking something. At least they gave Link a flaw or something. Like it's like it's it's still not great, but at least they're giving. There's a tiny bit of competency going on yeah and a very tiny a thimble of competency and there is one plot thing that's really cool where link has started to shatter the ice tower which is lying on its side and uh, across a chasm yeah. so that's pretty cool and um the creature reve- reveals that the floor of the dungeon is this map that he was looking for and he's about to destroy it and uh, he just barely tracks down what he needs. And then we get this big spread of the whole thing crumbling. And then it just jumps ahead to Link in the desert. <laughs> I know. It, uh, it almost made me seem like it seemed like cut content to me. It seemed yeah. like it seemed like they maybe had one more comic in, in, in the works, but they were told they only have like 16 issues and they had 17. So it's, it, this timed up is super awkward. They've, they've done this so many times now where it's just yeah. like a huge jump forward. And so he's on Turtle Rock. He zaps Turtle Rock and it I re- opens I re- up. I remember that in the game, right? That's a real thing in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun stuff. I just realized, so to jump back really quick, um, the thing that he, he keeps doing this thing where uh, listeners, imagine this. Link is holding the sword out in front of him with both hands, like just straight up and down, like he's ready to do some lightsaber stuff. And then the sword is just shooting out this big field of lightning that like seems to hit everything around him. Yeah. That's a power in the game. Yeah. 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 It's one of those that I never used. It's a skippable one too, right? You don't necessarily need to grab it. Yeah. It's primarily like a, a room clearing combat power. Yeah. Uh, there's like a lightning one, a fire one and an explosion. And if I, remember, I remember the lightning one being one of the better, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It's you very, just, you it's just, very cool. You just clear out a room in one button. But you, you lose use a lot of magic. Yep. Yeah, and you can't. Then you're gonna have to use one of your jars of magic juice, and you can't have that. Yeah. It's, the other thing with Zelda is you don't need that stuff. You know. What do you mean? You don't need to use it to to win. Yeah, but like, you know, it's it, it Zelda that kind of goes into like potion territory where it's like you never use your health potions, and then you finish the game, you're like, I've got ten thousand health potions. The yeah, same the, with that. It's like it's definitely you, what I'm alluding to. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll definitely do that where I'm like, man, I, I got like 20 magic abilities for Link and I used none of them. Because I was always like, well, I don't want to use, what if I need my mana later? <laughs> <laughs> so Link goes into the Turtle Rock and this is a this is a fire cave. Yeah, nice ice and fire theme. Hey, I get it. Ice and fire. And uh, he's facing off against the three-headed dragon and it really does look like Zelda and a crystal is here this time, hopefully. Yeah. Hope. And uh, yeah, and to... To reflect on the theme of the issue as a whole, one of the dragon heads is a fire head. One of them is an ice head. Yeah. And the third one's just mad. Man, <laughs> honestly, I, I do have a very soft spot in my heart uh, for fire and ice levels. Mm-hmm. Fire and ice. I don't know. I just like it. It's it's good stuff. And then let's see here. I oh, like yeah. this comment, though. <laughs> yeah. And then it ends with uh, Rome shows up as he's still fighting the uh, the dragon heads, and he's got a crossbow. Yeah, and it's kind of like a battle of the heroes. Who's who's going to be the, who's the real legendary hero? Yeah, because if he has the crossbow, does that mean he has the arrow? It looks like he does. The silver arrow. I'm kind of rooting for this hawk guy, honestly. He does have a cool, swoopy hairstyle. Mm, he kind of looks like Goku. He's got it's Goku like Goku hair. with... Uh, Osama Tezuka knows like one of the like Astro Boy style. Yeah. Uh, I know I've been hard on the Game Boy, but if I were to be stuck with a Game Boy game, Bionic Commando would not be a bad one. Is it a good port? Yeah, apparently they, they say so later. And, you know, this game is. It seems like a really good fit, like the way the character moves means that you're not covering too much ground. Uh-huh. So that that limited, that small screen size is working against you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bionic Commando is cool, man. Yeah. Is there a way to play? So they did a remake called Bionic Commando Rearmed in like 2008. And I did finish that one. It's like on Xbox. Yeah. I wonder if there's a way to play that now. Huh. I don't think there is. Yeah, I don't really know much about Bionic Commando. Um... All right. Well, we don't have to talk about it, but it's a good game. <laughs> And of course, there's a better game, and that's Tom and Jerry on Game Boy. All right, here we go. Maybe, do you have anything on this one? This is Double Dragon 3, uh, the arcade game on Game Boy. Uh, I'll just say the the artwork on uh, on the top of this one, these these two. I guess that's Bimmy and Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, the Double Dragons. Uh, it, they look great. Yeah, they do. They're kind of like in shadow, but like, you know, as if they're uh, lit by a distant street lamp or something, just like yeah. an edge of yellow light. One of them's got some nunchucks. Yeah, They're both it, wearing like tear off <laughs> denim jet like vests. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. You wanted to get to this. Right? Yeah, dude. This I thought this one was great. This is Sup- the Super, Super Mario, Mario Adventures comic. Yeah, this is the one. This oh, was great. This so good. I thought it was so good. I again, I mean, we it's not news for us to just talk about how much we like this, but like this one was amazing. It's um, if we haven't won you over yet, we probably won't this time, but maybe we will. If yeah. any, if any issue was going to do it, it might be this one. This one. So we pick up after the second. It's kind of like a two part. They went to like Boo's mansion, and they're, yeah, they're playing a lot with like that Boo's thing, where like the Boo's in the video game. When you look at them, they get shy and they like stop moving, and then when you look away from them, they follow you. Yep, and they look really scary. And they look. And- really scary and, and the big cliffhanger was that they had pushed themselves up against a wall because there's an army of little boos that they were keeping shy they couldn't turn away from yep but they have shimmied their way into out in front of a hallway and there's a big boo there yeah. behind them and uh luigi does the classic uh trip he falls over and as he falls over he and he looks the other way he is eye to eye with the big old boo it, it's an unmotivated oh i know why he does it because he was leaning on the wall 
Yes. So I guess he was like, yeah, I, I doesn't make complete sense. Cause they're like, not just have sh- shimmied away from where the wall was yeah. They're They're like in the middle of the hallway, like they're back to the hallway, but, but yeah, it makes enough sense. And so, uh, yeah, we got a, we got a classic, like very over the top. Luigi screams his eyeball, like explodes out of his head. <laughs> yeah. He's like spraying tears out of his spraying eyes. Tears. Uh, and they do a cool thing where like, they, you know, they start screaming, uh, Mario says, we got to get out of here or we'll be an apparition appetizer. That's right. Yeah. And that they, kinda, I feel like I'm down selling the, the it, it's the same. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing they ran into last time where they are looking at the big boo and the little boos chomp, uh, Luigi's little bot bottom. Yeah. Classic. And, uh, then they turn around and the big boo is there. And like, so they're back to back. They do a cool thing. Yeah, Cause like one thing I actually really like about this comic is they have a lot of fun with like Mario mechanics and actually like treating it like almost like semi action sequences and like actually right. like using it. And so they have that cool shot of Mario and Luigi, like back to back looking at the booze. And like, if you're in real life, like doing like, if you, if you have to like, if, if you get attacked in the backwards, like the thing to do would be go back to back with someone. Yeah. And that's cool that they did that as like a solution. Yeah. If you're Bimmy and Jimmy, the double dragons. Yeah. Go uh, back to back. Yeah. You got to go back to back. Hold, hold the ground so nobody comes up behind you and hits you with that chain. So yeah, that's fun stuff. And uh, then we cut away. Cut to Bowser. Uh, yeah. And, and he's done it. It's yeah. So it's uh, a callback. This is like a really awesome call. So earlier on, they did like Bowser is getting married to Peach and he orders like a massive, like crazy Bowser, like castle cake. And he gets the cake and it's massive. But he comedically says, I want this a hundred times bigger, a thousand times bigger. Or something yeah. Like that. And the Koopa that's like doing is like, oh, my God. And that was that totally took that as a joke. I was like, OK, fun joke. We'll never see that again. But again, this really feels almost like gardening writing where they're like, they're like, oh, we said this joke here. Let's actually like follow up with that. Cause uh, we now cut to Bowser and his like master plans going and he's got the cake that is now, he has a cake that is like this massive castle size, almost like battle cannon. It's like, it's like a kilometer wide or something. Yeah. If you judge, cause it's being pulled by this, like pretty much every Yoshi in the kingdom has been put into indentured servitude to tow this giant castle cake. And I just, yeah, I'm just like, that's all I I'm so, I love the idea of like making an offhand joke and then just following up with it and like being like, Oh, this is actually like part of the lore and part of the story now. It's amazing. And, and if you're in the Mario, the, the most evil thing you can do is enslave the Yoshis. Yeah. That's and, so messed up. And so they did that. Yoshis don't got, they didn't do not, they weren't doing nothing. Yeah. So they have them hypnotized by one of the little magic guys. I, I do have to say, we always talk about how Bowser is very funny with like his emotes and stuff. Like they, they really draw him really fun. And yeah, he's getting, so he's, he's, he's getting ready for the peach marriage and he gets really excited and says, he's going to go take a peek at the dress before, before the marriage. <laughs> That's he, cheating. Bowser. He, don't do that, man. he does like a skippity and he starts like, he starts like skipping towards the room and it's just, <laughs> it was very funny to me. And then followed up by, uh, he's got the little like mage Koopa, uh, who's very worried that major is going to change him. Yeah. Kamek. Yeah. And having, uh, Bowser's secondhand man be just worried or girl, whatever, or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, Koopa. Koopa uh, being worried that marriage is going to change Bowser is yeah, a very he, fun. If he runs off, he knocks over a Goomba who then has a big bump on his head. And the Goomba says he's a bad one. And then Kamek is like, I hope that marriage doesn't change him, which is really what a, this is a children's comic. What a fantastic, weird little goofy aside. I know. I, it, I, I like it. That's like Pixar level, you know, like a, a good Disney movie or a Pixar movie or DreamWorks like knows to put in. They they put in some stuff for the grownups. Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, I for sure felt that. I felt like there's like that. And that's kind of like what I like. Like, again, I 
do genuinely think this comic's good. And it does have like that level of like, it uh, feels like it's giving stuff for all audiences. Absolutely. Yeah. So hours later, we're back in the haunted house. <laughs> yeah. And the guys are getting really tired. Because they've been just like sitting, because the only thing they can do is just stand back to back. And they're kind of like at this stalemate with the booze. And so Mario gets this big idea of, hey, I have an idea of how to like defeat the booze. And so they've been like really shy, cr- blushing, fear of blushing. Yeah. So he's got he, all his, his stuff, gears turning. His gears are turning and they're like figuring out. And like, I assumed because like they're, they've been really like clever and fun with like the whole boo mechanics. I'm like, oh, they're going to like find like a room of mirrors or like, I was ready for some sort of like a solution that is like involving like a clever way to like beat that problem. It's not that. Though. It's not that. No, it's absolutely not, that. not. That's not what happens. So they make a run for this room. They tear the door open and it's like this ramshackle little Beth bedroom with like, you know, just some, some white sheets and like some, like a desk and uh, they slam the door and they're in there for a second. He's like, hurry, help, help me. <laughs> Big Boof gets the door open, comes inside and things have changed and, a lot. And so yeah, two things, a few things happen. So Mario, like, as it goes in, Mario is just dressed as Dr. Mario. He's Dr. Mario. Yeah. And Luigi is a nurse in a dress. Nurse Luigi. Uh, and I, I do want great. I do want to say they've really I I I and I don't know, I'm not the but like I feel like they did a fun, like they keep on making Lu- like Luigi just likes being in a dress. Yeah. And they don't really make a joke of it. It's just he likes it. And it's, I don't know if it's bad or good. I don't, I don't know, but it seems like it's doing an okay job with that. From the era, my take is totally, they're kind of punching down a little bit. You think so? But the way that it's done, it ages really well. And man, Luigi looks good in a skirt, a little more. <laughs> like, it's great. You think it was both, because like, I, I, it doesn't seem like they're intentionally like, they, like you think this is supposed to be like, oh, it's funny that Luigi's is in a, in a dress every time. Like that's like a joke for the time. That was like the intended. Yeah. Yeah, probably. You know, because he's like the panicky, less confident one. Yeah. But he's wearing a dress. He's but yeah, and it, but in a certain way, it does feel like uh, it does like in the comic itself, they're not like punching down at him. He just likes wearing dresses all the time, and I'm like, yeah. And it's like, it's kind of nice. It it ages really well. Yeah, like, it, it I, works. I love it. Uh, and it makes me ask some questions about Luigi in like a really fun way, but like yeah. not not in a derisive way. Just and, like a okay, uh, like I kind of like that he just for a spy mission he had a dress he had to wear a dress, and now he just likes wearing dresses. <laughs> he did. It's kind of it, nice. He called out that he didn't mind it. Yeah, he, he's like I kind of like this. So of course he's a yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, again, I'm not sure if uh, someone else would read this and be like, oh, this is bad. Uh, to me, it seems progressive in a weird way, but maybe not. It probably isn't. Uh, so they uh, <laughs> uh, they bring in the old boo, uh, Big, and yep. Uh, again, this is already like oh weird. This is a weird fucking solution to this. And what they do is uh, Mario, as Doctor Mario, kind of says, "Oh, you get really shy and nervous. This must come from bad childhood experiences." Yeah, they're pretending to be uh, psychotherapists. Yeah, and then they're like, "Okay, we're gonna like unpack your childhood to find out." what's what's going on here and the boo does not the look on the boo's face like so many expressions in this that boo is just <laughs> utterly confused he's like yeah he doesn't know he's what's starting going to on. sweat like and he's so uncomfortable because he, he's about to get into it he's about to get into his child <laughs> he's about to do it and we cut the later and he's just crying poor guy uh and uh they talk about how he <laughs> uh, he got bullied as a kid and yeah. the boost is crying and, and Luigi uh Mario's empathizing with him and then Luigi bursts into tears and he's like, Doc, the same thing happened to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like Luigi, Luigi wants some of this therapy as well. Yeah, no, I get it, Luigi, you poor guy. And then Mario's like, shut, shut up. Come on, we got to get out of Like, this is uh, an act. And uh, I think Mario's way to like solve this is very fun. He just starts talking like about the guys are going to like this very long space, like ex, like yeah, he acknowledges that trauma. He's like, you can't run from that. That's okay. But there's this great big world out there. And he, t- he starts talking about how like we're just specks of dust in the universe. And he goes like through this like long monologue of how the universe is so big and there's like this galaxy in the background and everyone's eyes turn into anime eyes for some the reason. Big wonder- wondrous anime eyes that are sparkling. <laughs> The troubles of humans and ghosts seem trivial compared to the vastness of the universe. Don't you feel better? And he does. Like we, uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> the, the boo. His eyes are big old anime. He, he's he's in. He's entranced. God is so good. Uh, so they go out, he's like, let's get some sun. Let's get some fresh air. And the boo's like, yeah. And they go outside, and Yoshi sees them. And is like, what? You're alive. <laughs> And they've like all have like a very like manic energy to them. Like they've got these big old like wondrous big, eyes, wide grins. and they're all just like skipping around. They yeah. just seem like they're like uh, at an unhealthy level of happiness. The the boo uh, whispers in Mario's ear, "Thank you." <laughs> we don't even hear what he whispers. It's yeah. just Mario says, "You're welcome." I'm <laughs> glad I could help. Uh, and so they kind of do like this fun, like, thanks. They like kind of say their goodbyes at work. Their plan worked. Uh, this was the, the craziest solution they could have thought of. Well, there is one more key thing here. He's like, if you really want to thank me, tell me how to get to Bowser's castle. Oh yeah. So they, yeah, they get a little scoop from, the I want to tell the Koopa King about this wonderful universe too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they get the information from Boo now that they're friends and they like walk away as if they're happy. But as soon as the boos are like from a distance where they wouldn't see them, their anime eyes turn back to normal and they're like, we got to get the hell out of here. Yep. We got to go get Bowser. And they jump on Yoshi and do like this epic looking, like let's charge to the final battle. It's fantastic. This is like, man, what a, what a slam dunk. I thought this was, I, uh, that was such a silly, silly solution. I, I was in, I was like genuinely like laughing at that as like a, as their solution. It was just, cause I was so right. Like they had set it up for like such an obvious, like, Oh, they go to a room full of mirrors or something. Yeah. And just, they went the most bonkers route with that. It was it's, so fun. It's very slapstick, very cartoony. I remember the minute that he burst the door open and it's like the doctor's office. I was like, Oh, right. Yeah. I remember this. What a gag, man. Top tier. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, Glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Hey, thanks. Hey, it's me, Weston. Thank you for listening listening to our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. If you've been enjoying the show, uh, the best thing you could do to help us grow would be to share it with a friend. That is the way that we can continue to grow as a podcast. So, you know, no pressure, but if you know somebody that likes weird old magazines and old video games and people dunking on terrible cartoon characters, we'd really appreciate it if you tell them about it. Yeah, like it's like, Growing a plant, you know, you water it and your water is sharing it with a friend and you can watch this podcast. I mean, I don't know what would change we're, for we're you. We're the sunshine in that yeah. metaphor. Yeah, we're the sunshine, bitch. Yeah, and you're, you're the one. <laughs> don't antagonize them. <laughs> Junji Ito. Junji Ito. All right, let's get back to the guys. You know, the, the best part about him is how well-adjusted he is. He's he's just kind of happy. Yeah, so I, I've seen that, like, uh, it's like a meme. 
for those kids out if we got any kid listeners out here it's a meme of like uh the guy who makes like uh, a mind virus it's uh <laughs> The guy who makes like Spirited Away and stuff like that. Yeah, Miyazaki's so always really depressed. Yeah, so they, they show a picture of like his like very beautiful, like happy art, followed by a picture of him being mega depressed, like smoking. <laughs> and then a picture of a distorted, fucked up like creature, followed by the happy uh, Ito guy. Oh, it's a bunch of balloons floating in the sky with like really warped uh, human faces on them. And the person whose face that belongs to is being hung by the balloon string in the air. <laughs> Junji Ito, by the way, having a great time. I, I, what, yeah. what an awesome, I love him so much. I mean, he's, he's definitely getting all of his, he's getting all of his demons out. Like that's got, he's getting his cathartic. That's got to, oh man. Thing. Speaking, okay. Like, so, he's like taking his shit that he needs to take. That's a great way of putting it. Like he's, Stephen King is the same way. Stephen King's like a pretty happy dude. And it's, is he? He even says, I thought he like did Coke all the I mean, no, well, that's great, but he, he had a rough spot, but he definitely, yeah. like, he had a lot of substance abuse issues in like the 70s and 80s, but he's good now. Yeah. His happy family, happily oh, married. That's K- nice. Kids are doing stuff. A bunch of them are writers, oh, successful writers. That's always good to see. Um, And he, he actually says, I think it's in Dance Macabre. So he has like a nonfiction book he wrote about horror. So it's kind of like yeah. a masterclass on horror theory. Yeah. And he says, he's like, people think that, you know, the, the stereotype is that if you like horror stuff, you're really messed up. But the truth is, I think it's cathartic. I think it helps you process that. And the yeah. healthiest people are the ones that go there. I think so too. I mean, I, I feel like that's even common. It can be like that. You're just, you're just, it's just catharsis. It's like, you're just, you're just spilling out chaos. Got to thread that needle. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, Junji Ito, you should read Long Dream. Long, okay. Long, Long Dream. Dream. We were I, talking about our, over the break. We were talking about our favorite Junji Ito stories. Man, yeah. And also, if you're going on a date with somebody and they start talking about Junji Ito, hold them close. <laughs> well, well, you know, we didn't have chemistry, but uh, <laughs> but I'll I'll, I'll, Fair I'll, I'll keep her in as a friend. Make friends. Yes. <laughs> if if no chemistry, then make friends. <laughs> I do want to, maybe I'll buy a hard, I, I got a, I got money to fucking waste. Maybe I'll buy a, a, a hard copy of some of his stories and give that a good read. You know, the, the stuff of his that I've read a lot of his shorts, but I have not read, um, it's Tomoe. Uh, I haven't read much of Tomoe, which is he became famous for this series about this girl that everybody murders. Huh? Is the only, the is best the, way I can describe it as I understand it. Uh, Tomoe. And, uh, that one kind of like Uzumaki spiral, like is mm-hmm. very intriguing to me as like a longer thing. Anyways, read long dream. I think long dream is. So question. Do you think if the guy who made spirit, who's the guy who made spirit away? Miyazaki. I mean, his shit does get fucked up, but do you think oh, yeah. if his shit was 100% fucked up, do you think he would be a more happy person? Do you think he'd be a, do you think it, yeah. it truly comes down to like. I think it's just his demeanor. I, I, I think there's something in that man. This is a pretty common, like, uh, big shot directors. I feel like it's kind of accepted that there's there's something not wrong with them, but like they're just they're a little neurotic. They're they're perfectionists. They're so driven. Yeah, you know, and and that's what gets you. Not exclusively. Like I don't believe the end justifies the means, but like yeah. that drive beyond behind the person managing a film. Yeah is what get, gives you that extra 10% that makes it so... That's what makes it, yeah. Yeah, it's James Cameron, like, forcing all his people, 
not forcing, but for, for Avatar 2, I guess, he, he had them all learn to hold their breath underwater for like three plus minutes. So they all became pearl divers. Sigourney Weaver included, who's like 70. Totally Man, wild. That's fun. I mean, maybe not if you're in the other, but yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. There probably is some level of like there. They, unfortunately, <laughs> I do think there's sometimes a level of like unhealthiness can benefit you in certain ways. Yeah. I remember years ago meeting the, uh, the, the company I worked at, uh, his assistant while they were doing the first avatar came by the office. It was like 2010. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I haven't had a day off in two years. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Just like unbelievable, you know, all the virtual, like poor assistant. I mean, like the thing is like, I I don't, it's like, if you're, if you're a creative person, that's one thing and it's still not okay, probably. But like, if you're a fucking assistant and you're working those hours, dude, that's crazy. That's a nightmare, man. I hope that, I hope that guy found peace. I know. That's so sad. (laughs) Rest in peace. That person's dead. (laughs) All right. Anything for counselors corner? The counselors are here. Hmm. It's a pretty, I don't, I don't even have any digs for the uh, counselor pictures. They're yeah. fine. No, I got nothing. Super play action football. Mm. <laughs> All right. The Simpsons Bart's nightmare. That's <laughs> good. I don't know. Do you, have, do you have something on this? No, no. I, I like the art in it. Is it great big characters and stuff? Barney riding a pink elephant. Yeah. I mean, is that pink elephant's a metaphor for some kind of substance, right? Is it? Centerfold. Uh, uh, we're here. We're here at the centerfold. Roadrunners Death Valley Rally. Do you, um, like, do you like the Looney Tunes? Hell yeah, man! Yeah, I love them. They're they're classic. I think that I I I think this is generally accepted is that the old school Looney Tunes, like the uh, oh, what do they call the five Warner Brothers directors who would do all those animated shorts? I don't know. Um, Chuck Jones oh, the, and all oh, those guys. The Furious Five. Call back. Remember, I talked about how I like I like the uh, adjectives plus numbers. Fast, the Fast Five. <laughs> yeah, it was Twain the Rock Johnson, <laughs> Paul Walker, <laughs> Preston, Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, we we got them all. Vin Diesel, Vin, Di- and um, probably probably Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's going to be in a Fast and Furious at some point. There's probably. like 30 people in the family at this point. I know it's it's gotten bigger. Jason Statham Jason. was like one of the antagonists. Um. Anyways, yeah, the Looney Tunes are like the Fast family. I would argue, <laughs> uh, and of course, Roadrunner, Wiley e. Coyote, like just classics. And uh, I feel like this is a little more appropriate than Felix the Cat because I don't know about you, but I grew up watching these. I it was a little. Uh, I I remember watching like. I, I have not watched a ton of the Looney Tunes. I, I remember seeing some sort of like meta thing where like Bugs Bunny versus the animator himself. I remember like they're watching like a thing where like. Is that the Daffy Duck one? Maybe. Or it's like. like there a, is one where Daffy Duck like, starts fi- coming in and like yeah. the racing stuff. I think that might have been a. Da- I remember a Daffy Duck one. Maybe it was Daffy like that. Duck. Uh, I, that, that's very. I remember that a lot. But that's, that's kind of it for me. There's a lot of. It's just weird because Looney Tunes are kind of an all audience thing. But when I watch them as kids, you know, just the, the internal logic of those cartoons and the art of them. Yeah. It's like burned into my memory and it's just like surreal dreamlike. It's what's the other end. So this is kind of feels like, it's like, I mean, I like, I feel like I'm always going to pick the grunt. Like, I feel like it's like, if you look at the Looney Tunes in comparison to like Mickey Mouse and stuff, it's the kind of grungier version. Right. Yeah. A little bit. It's kind of like the, the Muppets versus like Sesame Street or like, like Muppets were kind of the dirtier 
version of it, right? <laughs> but those are those are by the same people. Are that, they? That's like yeah. uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop did okay. Sesame Street and yeah, the Muppets. Yeah, yeah, and Fraggle Rock, which we've discussed. Yeah, uh, and Dark Crystal. Yeah. Hell yeah, they do Dark Crystal as well. Yeah, that's Jim Henson. Oh, I did not know that. And Labyrinth. Oh shit! Yeah, damn, just amazing. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. How, was- how do you different? So. Mickey Mouse and Friends is a weird one because like there are good classic Mickey Mouse cartoons. And when it started, we're talking like Steamboat Willie, the 1920s. It functioned a lot like everyone else's, you know, the Fleischer cartoons and stuff, which is, uh, you know, uh, Betty Boop and uh, Felix the Cat we've discussed and all all of that, all that crowd. Yeah. And I. It feels like there's a lull in there where they didn't quite, I feel like Looney Tunes is internally consistent for a really long time, where even if you go to like Tiny Toon Adventures, that's an evolution of Looney Tunes that's really similar. Yeah. It feels a little more like protected in a way, is that what you're saying? Like there's a sensibility that's kind of more like- Yes. Like it's internally consistent. Exactly. Like a sensibility. Meanwhile, like uh, they've figured out how to do Mickey and Minnie Mouse cartoons. Uh, but in the last like 15 years, I haven't even seen, I don't, I don't know, like the most updated, I, I don't, I, I really don't know anything about like what, like Mickey Mouse is only like, I feel like a thing I see when I go to Disneyland. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a brand yeah, thing versus brand. like, yeah. Um, and I remember watching, there's like old Donald, Donald Duck and Daffy Duck function very similarly mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're both kind of just like obnoxious and they tend to fly off the handle. Yeah. Uh, the the old saying with the Looney Tunes characters is Bugs Bunny is who we all wish we were. Daffy Duck is who we are. <laughs> <laughs> no. Any, anyways, yeah. So I love Looney Tunes. I you could probably do a lot worse than watching some of the old ones. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I- all right, we're here. Super Mario Kart. Super we Mario already Kart. talked about. We already it, talked about this. <laughs> I do want to say like one thing I like about, um, and this kind of reminds me of the older Super NES games in general. It's like. Nowadays, everything's just so polished. Like we, we figured out what fonts look good. We figured out like how menu screens should look where they're like clean right. and non-abrasive. I kind of do sometimes miss this like less vanilla age of like when you play Super Mario Kart and play the, the fonts weird. It's like bad font choices. <laughs> like the menu screens like really odd and like jumbled together. It just like it kind of looks uh, something about like Super Nintendo era and even a little bit of Nintendo 64. It's like just text is a little bit too big. Like it's just not as clean, but in a way that builds its own charm. And I feel that I, 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 for whatever reason, I really feel that with super Mario Kart. Yeah. You make a really great point. I think the thing that's really striking to me is there's, I mean, obviously a lot went into this game. People, people worked really hard on it, but when you compare this to a Mario Kart eight from a fidelity standpoint, there's just a lot less there. Like it's just, it's not just the graphics. It's, it feels like a smaller game, you know, like super Mario world is like what 68 kilobits or something. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it is like, game. And like even teams were a lot smaller these days, right? Like yeah, teams so, are so huge nowadays and like everything's polished to a perfection. And it's it, like, it really is. I mean, we were just talking about the game awards, but it's like a new game gets announced and it's like 200 people that worked on, you know, yeah. re- respawns putting out a new trailer for Jedi, uh, was it Jedi Survivor, the the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order? Oh yeah, and it's just like two hundred people are like, oh, I'm so excited. We work so hard. It's a massive team, yeah. and it's like I feel like nowadays, like the team that made Super Mario Kart or Super Mario World is probably the size of what we would consider indie nowadays. 
We would call that, in it, like, I, I think there's probably indie studios who have bigger teams than the team that made Mario Kart or Mario World even. I don't yeah. know if I'm confirmed on that, but like even our our definition of indie could still be like 50 people nowadays plus. Yeah, yeah. If it's like Super Giant where they're doing yeah. Hades, or it's uh, the team that did Stray is not two people. Yeah, no, that's got to be like 20 or 30. Yeah, at least. Um, you do still have like the Dwarf Fortress brothers. Yeah, no, or, there's still examples, but like our our turn our definition of indie has gotten very stretched nowadays. Yeah, it, it can be anything from a game that costs several million dollars to a guy and his wife making Stardew Valley. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and, and, and I do want to say one of the, just a small memory of me as a kid, I, Super Nintendo was the one system I didn't grow up with. I was mm-hmm. spoiled. Otherwise I got like literally every single one, but this was the one I didn't have. Yeah. And I remember seeing it at a friend's house with Super Mario Kart in it and being just so like, what the fuck? There's this other system that exists. <laughs> oh that my has God. a Mario Kart game. Wow. Uh, just, yeah. Very distinct. Man. What a game. We definitely played a lot of, a lot of the multiplayer battle mode, even though there's only two spots, which is crazy, but you got to remember, this is, I still remember one of the first times we walked into the local computer store and they had Quake networked on a couple of computers. <laughs> like this was, we didn't even have that. Yeah. Just like, so, so playing a two player game was still very novel. Yes. Well, the NES had two player though, right? I mean, you had like Street Fighter, but it wasn't like you're in a maze and you have weapons. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't play Doom you know, multiplayer. Yeah. And even like on the NES, a lot of multiplayer games were like, you took turns playing the round. Like this is, this feels like it's, we're getting towards like a true bona fide multiplayer experience. Yeah. It's, it's like, you can draw, you can draw a line on consoles between this and GoldenEye and Halo. Yeah. Oh, and totally. by the time you get to Halo, you have authentic split screen yeah. multiplayer shooting. And it's much more like it was on computers. The weird thing about that too, is like, we always, sometimes talk about, it, it's like a bummer that split screen, but man, that four split screen, not ideal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it hasn't it, held up great. Did you ever play it with like on even a small screen where you're literally like looking at a phone's worth of screen for your like GoldenEye character? Yeah. And everybody's screaming, don't look at my screen. <laughs> <laughs> that that stuff is not held up great. No. It's definitely like nowadays us all having our own screens, like you network some yeah, switches that's, or that's play the online. Ideal. Uh, but even, but the games that actually I feel like hold up better like at this era are the ones where you share like a Bomberman oh, or, yeah. uh, you know, a Smash Brothers, something where like Mortal Kombat there's no split. And, yeah. yeah. Or fighting games in general, I guess. It's, it's interesting. Now, now I'm thinking about like couch co-op evolved from a want to get back to that I'll, kind of everybody sitting in front of the TV thing from like the Nintendo 64 it is not, era. Yeah. But like, I feel like couch co-op is also on the way out a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, although in like, I just sit on most split screen, but like I with speaking of Mario Kart, I played so much Mario Kart eight on the Wii U in college with my friends. And like, it was a fucking blast. I, I hope I'm right about the, uh, put out a new switch, put out a new switch. Nintendo. <laughs> hey, hey, come, here, right? come on. Switch to with it. breath of the wild to Mario Kart nine. <laughs> Oh, they'll never do no. Mario Kart. <laughs> they they, they kind of, I, I really is. I was just, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 and I'm like, there's nowhere else to go. You yeah. did it. It's a great, they're going to have to do double dash too. I know. There's, it's, they, I really do think they're going to have to reinvent themselves the next one. And that's very daunting. The other reason I would want to hang on to a switch is to get Mario maker, but I know I'm not going to make any levels in it. Yeah. That's, do you feel that like, like Don Hertzfeld just put up a, a level that he built for his nephew or something. And it's like, uh, I want to play Don Hertzfeld's Mario level. I played a lot of Mario maker on the Wii U. 
and it was a blast. And it was the perfect console for that game. It was. And one great thing about it too is people can just like leave comments all over the levels. So there's like a oh, sense yeah. of there's a sense of community. Like especially if, if you play like a tough level and you get to the very end and there's like just the level starts with like a billion comments being like, eh, there's like it feels like you're like in a metaverse. And then by the time that you're at the end, there's only one comment saying, I did it. And you're like, oh, man. me and you, man. Me and you. It's me and this other person who made it at the end. And it feels good. What a great, what a great game. Yeah. Oh man, I feel like we've kind of covered what Out of This World is. Yeah, but, we've talked uh, about it a lot. I still need to play it. You got, you got to try. The problem, I got to play it. I have in my notes. I was like, I hope Brett jumps on this and tries it because I want to get your take. It, I want. Yeah, I, man, I should have played it for this because I really do want to play this game. Out of This World for I'm just busy. We, we, we talked about it in the podcast before, but Out of This World is a cinematic pl- adventure platformer game, like a 2D game. Yeah, where each level. There's like animated cutscenes. Well, the, the crazy. Okay, here's what I'm gonna say is crazy about this game. I didn't know there's a game that came out that I didn't already know about that I want to play. Oh man, <laughs> this is the first one I think since reading this magazine where I'm like, oh, I didn't know that this seems like a big game that I somehow missed. This game kind of went cool. under my radar. Yeah, I knew about this game at the time. I, I, I had it on 3DO. I had it on yeah, Super Nintendo. Well, I also didn't know. So this is, super, but it, this is also like a PC game. This was like a big release. Like it went on all the platforms and stuff. Like Super Nintendo might not be the best play to play it even. Uh, there are loading screens on the Super <laughs> Nintendo. It's the only, one of the only, it's like this and Street Fighter Alpha 2 are the only SNES games I can think of that have honest to God loading screens. <laughs> um, on the 3DO, it is a smoother, faster running game with better graphics. But like there. What's cool about Out of This World is each level, you, you know what it's actually kind of similar to is, well, no, I was about to say it's similar to the Half-Life series and Super Mario World in that each level has a thesis yeah. where, where there's kind of a central idea they're trying to teach you. But the thing is, what's different about those is where Out of This World, each level will be different. Like the first level, um, you don't have a weapon. And you, there's these slugs that'll kill you if you touch them with a cool cutscene where they cut you yeah. and you fall over um, and you can kick them and you squish them. And then there's a monster and you run away from it and you get away from the monster and then you get captured. And that's yeah. the first level of out of this world. And that kicking mechanic never comes back. It's oh, the slugs never come back. Yeah. I, that, I love that kind of game, by the way. So like, I feel like I like, I like, I like just give me new shit every Give me new stuff. Yeah, so so it's like there there are central mechanics because when you get the laser gun, the laser gun has you can make a shield out of it, you can shoot, and there's yeah. a super blast. So it's a little rock paper scissorsy, and you have your character that you can control, and he jumps and he runs, and those are all and he loves. Yeah, he loves. <laughs> he fears <laughs> lots of fear of the alien world in this game. Okay, yeah, hang yeah, in there, yeah. Lester. <laughs> like, yeah. and. uh yeah, like it's it's actually I take back what I said. It's not like Mario. It's not like Half Life because at the end of those games, they have managed to bring everything together in a way that feels really complete. Yeah, and that's what's that's what I love to pieces about Half Life Two is by the end yeah. of the game, it, it's it's like a period at the end of a sentence. You're like, oh my god, I did it all. Like, yeah, you you it feels big. Yeah. And uh, Super Mario World, the same way. Like you're doing, you, you see moments in like levels in a castle and you're like, oh, right. I remember this. Yeah. 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 And uh, this game is, is just fundamentally not that. You got the laser gun, but it's like, no, now I have to roll through these steam vents. Now it's I'm a, stuck in these caves. And like, there's no return. Like, but do you, 
Do you feel like it has like? Do you feel like the mechanics have a level of crunch to like like Mario and Half Life? Each one's like, oh, this is really this is a fun idea that I could really like. Or is it more like oh, a little gimmick prep per thing? Like how and like how how much how much could you do with the kick mechanic other than just kick? It's it's not that kind of mechanic. Yeah. It feels more like the first example that comes to mind is Gantz. I don't know the, the it's a manga and an anime and a movie. Gantz is not good, but I've read all of it. And I've watched, I haven't watched the whole anime, but I watched the live action movie. The first 40 minutes are excellent. Yeah. Um, It's like sci-fi horror and it's people that have died, wake up in this room that they can't leave with this big black ball that sends them on missions to kill aliens. (laughs) I'm I'm in. And uh, I'm already down. They get super dope. That's my taste, honestly. Yeah. They get weapons and kind of this armor suit that protect them a little bit. Okay. And they're not, they're not told anything, no explanations, incredibly deadly situations that are always completely different. Yeah. And also the weapons you have are incredibly dangerous, but are never explained to you, you know, like a gun that you fire and it doesn't feel, seem like it did anything. It just goes, and then like five seconds later, whatever you shot it at explodes. (laughs) Dude, Gantz is awesome. Gantz is awesome. It's not, there's the, problems. The premise is not the problem. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I actually have a lot of like, uh, I have a soft spot for like, do you know what the zero escape games are? Yeah. I know zero escape. I don't yeah. know them super well. Uh, I love, I eat those games fucking up like dinner. That's my, that's my, I love that. I'm actually playing one right now. It's like a, it's, it's like new series, but uh, absolute problems with those, but I don't give a fuck. They're so fun. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you you just want that vibe. And I, I think yeah. Gantz is the first thing that comes to mind that's like this, where it's uh, just super deadly and super bewildering. And you just kind of got to figure it out by dying a lot. I'm okay with that. I'm cool. That sounds like a fun, I'm, I think I'm going to like this game whenever I get to it. Dude, out of this world's, and if you dig this, then you can check out, you can check out Prince of Persia. You can check out Flashback. Like there's, there's yeah. a lot of games of this type that I love. If you never tried it, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Come Les- on. Lester Knight Chaken. That's the name of the scientist. Yeah. Player pull contest. We have a we have a clue, the board game clue themed yeah. contest. The little escape room that you can win. Yeah. Big it, old escape room. So Maybe not a little. This predates escape rooms, but they they send you to a resort in New Jersey. <laughs> and they have some kind of LARPing clue thing that they're very vague about. Yeah, do you feel like, because that's the thing is like, they did this with Final Fantasy as well. It's like they're like some sort of like fun adventure. Do you think they're really cool or do you think they were like a little bit of letdowns to the kid? Like, because like I remember like there's a contest for Willy Wonka, the Wonka candies and the, the chocolate bars. We could actually go to the Wonka factory and it was uh-huh. just a fucking factory. <laughs> it's know? not like the book. Yeah, is what you're saying. Yeah, not like the book at all. But, they- and this is what we were talking about um, in one of our recent episodes uh, where the contest was to go to the back lot where they make the Simpsons. And it's like, yeah, that may not be as fun as it sounds, or it might be great. Yep. So it's tough to tell. So I'm, I'm very curious on if these would actually like hit the expectation. Cause like if they really went all out and really like spruced it up and really like made an awesome like adventure for a kid. Uh, and like someone who really knows how to like craft good, like scavenger hunt slash escape rooms. It'd be amazing. Yeah. Like in the modern era, we, we have uh sleep no more and we have, uh, what is the, uh, the supermarket that gets weird. Uh, uh, Mew, 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 Mew Wolf. Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf. Meow Wolf. I don't know what it's called. I want to go there. 
Uh, they have multiple things, but yeah, yeah they have the one in Vegas. I want to go. I need to go. To, I need to go to that. Uh, yeah, that thing sounds really cool. We have the time travel mart here in LA. That, I, that's not. I haven't. Done, I don't even know what that is. It's it's really small, but it's like a little shop full of weird stuff. Cool. Uh, is it A two six? Does it? What's the name of that group? Yeah. So this could be a thing where it's like they got some actors in, and they're you know they have a professor plum and a colonel mustard. <laughs> And they're solving that. That sounds like it would be neat, but it could also be like a scavenger hunt. That's kind of lame. Yeah. But you know, I think at the very least, if it sucks, I think the people who run it would be like, Oh yeah, this sucks. Hey kids. All right. Let's just go to Disneyland. Let's go to, let's go. Or what's in New Jersey? Uh, Uh, Adventure, adventure park. (laughs) (laughs) Those kids are going to come back with some scars. I'm sure they'll spruce them up. uh, The thing up if, if it sucks. Yeah. Nowadays. I mean, I remember recently hearing about when resident evil seven, uh, came out the kind of Texas Chainsaw Massacre themed one. Yeah. And they had a escape room with actors playing the family around like the gross dinner table. And they had an opportunity for the character to poison the, the patriarch guy. And um, the story is on some game podcast. I can't remember which one, but the actor was so committed to the role that he ended up falling in a really awkward angle with his like arm janked up. And it was very clearly like, dude, you don't need to do that for me. <laughs> is this guy okay? But he was so committed. And it's like, dude, if Clue was like that. Damn, yeah. If Clue was like knives out. Gets, <laughs> knives out the experience. Get some like fucking method actors in there, man. I gotta watch that new Knives Out, man. I do. I, I, so I, much I, shit to watch. I haven't watched the first one. It's wonderful. I bet it's great. Dude, I, I also, I love genre. So like. It's so unlike so many but it's clearly by somebody who loves detective, like cozy but detective it's things. It, yeah, dude, I want to I watch it. And the cast is just unbelievable. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I got to fucking write all day. Damn it. I should watch Knives Out. Yeah, you could do that and then write. That'll definitely happen. <laughs> no, I've been letting way too many things get in the way of my goals. It's a problem. Right. I got goals first. Yeah. <laughs> over I everything. I understand. There's a lot of stuff going on. Goals over everything. Goals over it. Goals before bulls. <laughs> Goals before. I'm trying to think of a murder mystery. Goals before. Yeah, what would be a knives out word that rhymes with goals? Shoals. <laughs> Goals before shoals. Goals before shoals. <laughs> Boy, that never gets old. All right. Nessie's Adventures. On the plus side, this one, this this one was less painful to read because there's no jokes in it. Yeah, no, that which is nice. I appreciate them doing that. Uh, the it's, a, it's Prince of Persia themed. It's I mean, it's really weird. It's just like it's kind of out of theme for how they've been. It's just kind of Nestor being good at sword fighting. Yeah, so uh, they they did that Napoleon the Rampart one was similar to yeah. this. So what happens is Nestor is sword fighting a guy, a Prince of Persia villain. Yeah. And uh, they're they're just doing sword fighting banter. Yeah, and it's not it's not especially good. Um, they're they're chasing each other, and and yeah, nothing really happens. There's some banter. The guy's chasing Nestor. Then he's got Nestor at sword point, and it's actually kind of romantic. Yeah, the panel's, the panel's a little sexy. It is a little sexy. Uh, and then there's some sound effects, and then Nestor has like uh, after, <laughs> see, after that. There's that panel, and then after that, there's like clash, clang, moo, ah. If they didn't have a third panel there, I would have I would have maybe assumed uh, they were fucking each other. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there is a 
I've never thought of Nestor as a sexual creature, and this makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I actually don't. I, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, Nestor. Nestor. Yeah, this sweaty muscle man uh, in his vest and no shirt. Well, you know, Nestor's, his, Nestor's probably 18 at this point. He's probably he's probably in his third. I mean, he's, you think this is 27-year-old Nestor or 18-year-old <laughs> Nestor? This is 27-year-old Nestor, I hope. Uh, but yeah, he, he so then he turns the tables, and he's he's just... So, well, like, it's weird to see Nestor, like, competent and powerful. There's, there's, no, there's no jokes. There's no plot, really. Well, I mean, I, I think all this was, for me, was terrifying to know that Nestor is now, like, becoming competent. Like, his evil, chaotic monster of a self is, like, becoming competent at stuff, and that scares me. Uh, I mean, we think, I was, I was really thinking about it. It's like, I feel like, how you know how, like, villains often have, like, a tragic backstory? that made like made them the villain. I feel like that's what Howard and Nestor was. Howard and Nestor was yeah. the tragic backstory for Nestor. And I think Nestor's adventure is just watching him become the villain. I'm just imagining all the different scenarios where you have these two enemies fighting and then it just stops being fighting and starts being something else. <laughs> Cause this, this panel, I did not write this note down. It's not, I just said it, the comic wasn't funny is the only note I wrote. But yeah. like, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is like weirdly intimate. Yeah. There's, um, and now I'm just like, well, what if a bully is picking on a nerd in high school and then it gets sexy and it's now like, should I, I start a pseudonym and be a romance writer? Hey man. Write some steamy every, every enemies it, to enemies to lovers. Honestly, That's I, the genre. I would love to read a romance novel where every single romantic scene starts as like an epic fight that turns into a romance scene. <laughs> Enemies to lovers. That's the genre. I, honestly, I should probably find what people say is like one of the best ones and just check it out out of curiosity. Is that enemies to lovers? It's like a thing, dude. Romance. If if you're gonna write books, like romance is a massive industry. <laughs> enemies to lovers. Uh, that, that, that that'd be my style. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, it's always like, oh, it's two two journalists and they're at each other's throats, and then. But then there's uh, that one moment. Yeah, you're falling asleep. Yeah. That's me. No, no, he's the Sultan's chief guard, and he's a little kid who plays video games. <laughs> 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 and they had a big fight, and they just like found that like there's just something irresistible. It's jazz, right? When people get together, it's jazz. Like, it's jazz. Yeah, it's jazz. All right, speaking of jazz we, between two people. We got a big update for Now Playing. Now Playing, George and Rob. George, uh, George once again, is uh, his art is fat again. He was They were slimming him down, making him look really attractive in the art for this real-life person. Rob looks the same. George got big again. Oh, he, George. I meant to say George. Is it, oh, wait, which one is the George. which one is the little guy? Which one's the big guy? I, I get him. I get George and Rob. And, and I guess for context, George and Rob are like real-life employees. They're just kind of like... Trying to be the mascots. And so there's always, Siskel and Ebert. They're real people and they always like do drawings of them. And George, uh, his drawing really has been fluctuating. He was he's it, been very handsome for the last it, couple of issues. It was getting a little as like, hey, is he is he cleaning up? Is he getting in shape? And a little behind the Start scenes. Start CrossFit. Um Nez, uh Weston, can you read out what your one uh what your one note on George and Rob was? My one note is George is big again. I wrote George is a fat fuck again. Whoa. <laughs> I don't think he deserves that. <laughs> So I was being a little intense about it, but uh, <laughs> it's um, and Rob's not looking great either, to be honest. Yeah, Rob, Rob Rob's looks a skinny like, little twig. Yeah, Rob's gonna get bent in half by stiff breeze, <laughs> like just crunched over. Um, and what do you think's going on here? What do you think? Uh, what, what, what do you think the story behind the slim George to uh, uh, fat George? Like, what, what do you think's going on here? You know, I, I think, you think he pissed the animator off again. 
Yeah, yeah, the illustrator. Like, the illustrator. It, it's got to be. It, it is weird because he's been reader. I highly encourage you hop on archive.org or retro mags and just you know take a look. This is page one hundred two. Usually, we also back have third like of the magazine. a real life picture of them in a previous volume, and they really the illustrators really is escalating their look like they they're really making George extra fat and they're actually they're really making Rob extra skinny like you can like see Rob's bones <laughs> you can see Rob's bones <laughs> now that's that's yeah because he, he's got I mean I don't ever want to punch down on somebody's body but like he's got jowls and he didn't used to and it's like why did they come back yeah and they're it's also like, like well not even only that but they're also drawing his face as if he's deeply unhappy yeah well they do have to go through a lot of I mean the other thing that's happened with now playing is they've kind of dialed it in to where it's just the games that didn't get much coverage in the issue. <laughs> if a game got a feature, they don't talk about it here and they have to say something nice about it. Yep. And so honestly, yeah. I would be unhappy too. There's some deep stuff going on here. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what would you, it, it's a pretty drastic change. I know he was looking pretty trim. Like he was looking like an attractive, like athlete in the last one. I mean, he's got great hair. He's got good Be- hair. Better hair than Rob's hair looks like uh, a rat that's been in the sewer a while. It's very mangy. <laughs> I feel like I've described it as mangy before. Yeah, they like yeah. There are that they're they're not. In fact, all it's weird because uh, Rob and George they used to be like very critical and negative on games, and it seems like the negative they no longer are. Yet the the illust- all the negativity is going towards their illustrations of themselves. And yeah, it's it's the picture of Dorian Gray. <laughs> they have to be nice about the games, but their true feelings come through in the illustrations. Yeah. where they wither away. Man, yeah, maybe maybe that's that's what's going on. It's it's uh, the picture of Dorian. The Gray. picture of Dorian again. Yeah, they're, they're being their uh, editorial editorial freedoms being uh, curtailed means that yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's um, they, they do talk about Axelay in here, and one of them's confused because it has vertical scrolling segments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, when it's vertical, I keep running into stuff, and it's just like, man, that is not that's not crazy. It's just a perspective. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see how they look in the next pictures. Top twenty. Here, I can do the NES games. Yeah, you want to do it? Top three. Uh, Battletoads, unfortunately. Come on. Team in T3, the Manhattan (laughs) Project. And then at number one, Super Mario Bros. 3, of course. Yeah, that's it's it's nothing new there. Mario Bros. 3 is great. Uh, For the Game Boy, number three, Dr. Mario. Number two, Metroid 2's Return of Samus. Number one, Super Mario Land. That's pretty, pretty standard. I feel like Dr. Mario moved up. Yeah, good for Dr. Mario. Uh, Last of all, SNES, Street Fighter 2, The World Warrior. Hell yeah. You can't even pick the same character in this version. Yeah, fuck it. Super Mario World at number two, uh, with more votes than it got last time. Yes, and it's going up. Number one, Link to the Past again. Just dominating. Yeah, but by not as much as it did. Yeah, it's had its... People are getting sick of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a little jealous of... Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a little jealous of your video game experience. I feel like you had to like, hit some pretty big staples in the world. Like I feel like Legend of Zelda coming out was pretty mind-blowing. You got to do the, yeah. the jump to 3D, I'm sure, was crazy. That was that was there was an adjustment period there. Yeah. We had to like get settled in. <laughs> there, there was like five or six years there where it was all like you know like now controls are standardized. Yeah, you shoot the gun on the triggers. Shoot the gun two on the sticks. triggers. Two sticks. Two sticks. Right stick looks. Left right stick, stick moves. Looks. 
Left stick moves. Didn't used to be like that. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't even WASD on keyboard and mouse games. Like Doom. Oh, really? Does not have Doom is arrow keys. You hold shift to strafe. I used to be an arrow key over WASD guy. That's weird. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm not, but I'm also not a PC gamer. So that's just me being like, well, there's arrows on this. You need those arrow keys. So if you're playing Binding of Isaac, WASD moves Isaac. Arrow keys are where he shoots. Oh, that feels good. Celebrity profile. Hey, it's Ken Griffey Jr. I don't know who that is. Uh, he, he is a baseball guy. He played for the Mariners, uh, which is a team that the president of Nintendo of America owned, I believe. Oh, whoa. Or like Nintendo of America was a big, it was part of their like kind of goodwill for Seattle was to like, they bought the team or they're partial owners for a while uh-huh. there. King Griffey Jr. was kind of their star guy. He got his own baseball game on SNES in a couple years here. Cool. Uh, This is pretty straightforward. He he does say he likes pinball and he has pinball at home. And specifically that his arcade games, he's able to trade them in when he gets tired of them. Trade it like? Trade in an arcade machine, which means that there's some kind of service in the Seattle area for people with a little scratch. Or he's working with the same people that put them into like bars and arcades. Well, I feel like there is like, uh, like I feel like barcades and stuff. There's like, it seems like there's a lot of tra- like they are constantly like cycling them in and out. At some point, I had a conversation with somebody that works at eighty two, which is a barcade in downtown LA, and they have an agreement with some kind of archival arcade museum where they can rotate in and out machines, huh? Out of storage and stuff to put them up, and then they put them back into storage and do maintenance and stuff. Hmm. Uh, so people can play them and they make a little bit of money. Oh, like just to like kind of, instead of like letting this thing stay in archive and collect dust, let's give it a little bit of life for a second. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's something like that or maybe, I don't know. My family owned, almost bought an arcade machine one time. I remember shopping for him and like a Galaga machine would have been like $600 in the nineties. Kind of makes me think of like zoos. Yeah, we got <laughs> set those arcades free, set back men free. <laughs> okay. Almost done here. Anything in the pack watch? Nah. You don't you don't want to talk about Nintendo reissuing their classics? <laughs> nah. The classic series for the NES? Nah. Although I guess that is kind of remember. Like that is a thing Nintendo still does where they like uh, give a game a red rim. And it's called a classic now. That's right. They still do that. After bestsellers. You yeah. Legend of Zelda, but Zelda 2. Nintendo Red Rim. Metroid, Punch-Out. I wonder if this Zelda... I don't think this is the gold Zelda cartridge. I think when they reissued it, it was a gray cart. Was it... Was the first cart gold? <gasps> yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. That, that was in the box. What had a little hole in it so you could see the cart was gold. Yeah, dude. That was... A, that's that, good shit. Yeah, that's good shit. <laughs> For sure. We actually have two more things here. Uh, so the trading cards, we talked about those at the top, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we mentioned them. We kind of skipped over the fact that, like, you can win prizes with them. Like, if you have the right three cards, you can win a prize. You win, like, a free game. Yeah, and it's like the the uh, McDonald's Monopoly game yeah. where there's common cards. So you get, like, a perforated sheet, a cardboard sheet with six cards on it. And the t- the front's got art. Superpower Club, and the back has game challenges. So it's like if you're good, if you're really good, and if you're great, here's some hard stuff to do in these certain levels. I mean, it's uh, very 
I think probably, I mean, I'm guessing this is like intense marketing, right? It's like now kids have cards that literally just, each card is literally just a advertisement for a game in a way. And it's kids are going to be like, and they're like, they're like saying like, Hey, you should trade these to try to like get the prize and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm 99% certain that with the prize stuff, they are, there are certain cards that are really uncommon. Yeah, That's why I mentioned right. the, yeah. the, the yep. Monopoly game. Yeah, yep. Um, yep. That said though, and, and yes, it's totally an ad, like every, everything in this magazine, it's yeah. totally an ad. It is cool that they're doing the challenges because that's kind of like trophies or if you play Destiny, yeah. there's triumphs and stuff. Yeah. So it's an excuse to go try stuff you might not have tried. Are you on archive.org? Um, I'm looking at this on a CBR file. So do we have different cards? Oh, yeah, what, shit. What cards do you got? I got Metal Storm, Tetris, F-Zero, Lemmings, Dr. Mario, Adventure Island. Same thing. Oh, uh, no. Damn it. Damn now, it. Is, is it the same scan, though? Uh, it must. It must be, then. I'm so curious. It's got to be, right? I, I think, does it say, it says earlier in the magazine what the winners are here. I'm going to go back to the front really quick. Man, I, I'm kinda, I was kind of hoping it had different cards. Man, that was, that was a real bummer. Power Challenge Trading Cards. We got October 92 is Felix the Cat, Yoshi, Super Ghouls, and Ghosts. Are any of those on your sheet? No. Yeah, it's got to be a special print thing. Hmm. Oh, and if you if you do have those three, you get a game pack and like for a Nintendo tape in four to six weeks. Okay. Good for them. Yeah, that's all right. They're definitely they're they're spending on the giveaways and stuff. They're definitely putting their weight behind they're driving they're driving engagement, they're driving clicks. <laughs> we get we got just one more thing and I thought this was really neat. Oh, there I is this. There's a secret second contest. It's a Mario Paint contest. Yeah, dude. That's, I'm psyched for that. So you, you create your Mario Paint artwork. You record a short sample of it on a videotape, <laughs> which we talked about yeah. in, the, in the last Andy episode, and you send it in. I do remember the results of this coming through. Uh, we're in for a treat. Okay, cool. I, I don't know if I remember, like, again, I, I'm, I'm ready for there to be a picture of, like, Mario pissing on Sonic, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that comes with the, uh, with the, letter, the letter art. The, the, yeah, Mario holding Sonic's severed head. <laughs> but, but I was really hoping this would happen. With the, just having Mario Paint come out, it felt like a no-brainer to, ha- to have this magazine, like, show off cool art. Yeah, kids th- make this is so neat so I, i'm i'm mega psyched this is good good stuff i can't wait yeah it's gonna be in like four or six months or whatever we're gonna get looks like the winner gets five game packs and then everybody else gets one game pack the end hell yeah we did it okay uh, uh there's a got a lot more out of that issue than i thought we yeah, would. yeah we really did uh that's good stuff in there what do you want to rate oh no howard nesser <laughs> you want to do that one of those times right i maybe we should go back and rate something tied to the uh nester romance yeah. are there other people that nester had a romance with yeah i'd say okay so like the best nester romance novel yeah is- honestly let's just uh Instead of rating something, I'm going to just say who you, who you wish Nestor would romance. Okay. Okay. Are, are we doing people that he's run into or? I would say keep it open. I, I mean, obviously the, be- the Beach Bros would be. Oh man, the hunks. 
<laughs> I really <laughs> oh, you took, my, would took be a, my answer. Would be a good pick. The Contra guys would be good. The Contra guys. There's not a lot of women in this comic, no, are there? They really aren't. Wow. Um, All right. So Nestor and the boys. Um, okay, I'll pick the I'll pick the honest answer. Um, him and uh, the the guard here in Prince of Persia, pretty steamy. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I don't hate that at all. Yeah, that's probably the most. Um, so if you, I mean, if you're gonna take the hunks, I gotta. Yeah, I'm gonna take the, the hunks. Okay, <laughs> the the hunks are top tier. Volleyball hunks. Okay, so well, I guess maybe now that we have two romances, we could rate those one out of ten. Yeah, do you want to rate the Nestor hunk romance and the uh, Nestor Prince of Persia guy? Oh shit. Okay. Both tens for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'd go lower than a ten. <laughs> if, the, if the meter only goes up to tens, I will say there's a lot. There's a lot of possible romances from the characters we've seen in the comic that I would not want him to end up with. Like, yeah, definitely not paint paint boy. Uh, reverse voyeur Superman, <laughs> definitely no. Uh, the director from the Ninja Gaiden one, definitely yeah, no. I would not want him. Uh, Howard, I mean, he has technically romance. They've been in a codependent relationship, and I didn't go well. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that. Gross. Nestor, yeah, really. Uh, has there ever been a girl in this comic? Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, no, you, you make a really good point. I, I think we're, this comic is very boy heavy in a way that I did not realize. Yeah. Uh, and also, that also kind of reflects on video games because he's often dealing with the protagonist of a video game. Wait, did we, did you call out that you didn't want him to romance the Tom Sawyer kid? Yeah, I don't want him yeah, to. Yeah, no, that's all wrong. Uh, they're, they're friends. Yeah, they're friends. Nestor's mom is a character in the comic. <laughs> hey, you slowed down there. But yeah, sure. I am thinking. I don't think that's a good one either, but no. it is a possible one. Mm, um. <laughs> Nestor's romance is neglectful, mom. <laughs> Where's my keys, Nestor? <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Uh, honestly, I would go with uh, Nestor and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They seem to be have a loving. They just played. They ate pizza. They played video games. April O'Neil was in the comic. April right? O'Neil, yeah. We had so April. He, could, he could romance April. April's got a thing going on already with at least one of the ninnies. Is that is that? Did they go for romance in the in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yeah, there, there's one of the comics starts with uh, her taking a pregnancy pl- test and like, oh, really instead of two lines, one of the lines is a little turtle face <laughs> and she's like trying to think of who it was. No, you have to lie, right? Yeah, no, I made that up. Okay. That, that's an old bit that we used to do <laughs> where she thinks of like Donatello and she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't him. <laughs> I mean, we all know it was Raphael. Probably Because he's, he's the most complicated. Yeah. He's, he's, he's tortured. Which, which one, which band is he? What's, what color headband does he have? Red. Red? Yeah. Yeah. He's like the leader. He's got, no, no, he's, he's the, he's the bad boy. He, oh, he's, he's the bad boy? He's like the uh, rogue. Him and Leonardo have to fight a lot of the times because Raphael's being a dickhead. Okay. And Leonardo's like, you need to come back and hang out with us. He's like, no, I hate hanging out with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about Nestor and the snake king from the Egyptian? Yeah. Game? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to for that. Uh, uh, Nestor on the... Nestor uh, and God. Honestly, I, I think you nailed it. I think Hunks is definitely the absolute yeah, first choice. Hunks is the first choice. Though. Probably the best characters to ever show up in the comic. <laughs> okay. Well, we did it again. I'm for the Mario movie. Yeah, that that might actually be good. I don't think they're going to do the comic. No, it's not going to be. I actually, I'll be able to, we can give an update after we watch it if it's as good as the comic. When does it come out again? I don't know. I guess I'm not that psyched. I don't. I don't know when it's coming out. All right. Well, hey, 
Hey, I'm excited for Hades too. That's thanks for what, listening. That's all you need to know. Thanks, uh, thanks for the podcast. Thanks for listening. Rate us five stars, please. Uh, sorry if you're. I didn't mean to fat shame. <laughs> yeah, don't don't fat shame. I didn't mean to do that. Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. It's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>